Crank up the volume and get ready for real-world bird hunting by listening to the Wingman Podcast by Eastman's. Now your host, Todd Helms. Talk about being on the X. Hey guys, today's episode is brought to you by Federal Premium Shot Shells. And I just wanted to give a quick shout out and say thank you to Federal for standing by the Wingman brand since the beginning. They are our oldest partner and we... I can't. I can still remember to this day when Brandon Mason told me that they signed a contract and wanted to partner with us. I was so excited because I've been a Federal fanboy forever. I've been using Federal ammunition since way before I was ever involved in the outdoor industry, and I'm a firm believer in every product that they sell, whether it's rifle ammunition, whether it's pistol ammunition, or in the case of wingmen, shot shells. Everything from their TSS lineup, their turkey shot shells, their high shock lead target loads. Man, everything that they have just absolutely kills it. But I want to I want to highlight one product that they make in particular today, and that is the Federal Premium Speed Shock, or aka Blue Box. You guys have seen it. On the shelves, if you're if you're a waterfowler, you know how awesome good old Federal Blue Box is. If you need a load that you can buy a lot of, buy a couple cases of, and you can afford it, you can buy those cases without breaking the bank. It's Federal Blue Box every single time. My pick, three-inch number twos. There's not a situation in waterfowling that I've encountered where I can't cleanly take birds with three-inch number twos, especially if I'm being a little picky and shooting stuff in the decoys, but man, I've taken especially Canada geese at some pretty jaw dropping shots with that federal blue box stuff. It's awesome. It comes in a variety of loads. It comes in a variety of gauges. My pick is the 12 gauge, three inch number twos. I've shot everything from pheasants on public property in South Dakota, where you had to shoot a non-toxic load to geese, sandhill cranes, and obviously ducks, mallards, teal, you name it. Three-inch number two, Federal Premium Speed Shock. It just flat kills. Check it out. This fall, I know you won't be disappointed. Hey, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Wingman Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Helms, and I have Marty Roberts from Sporting Life Kennels with me today. We were just chatting before I hit record, Marty, about you listened to a podcast. You said you were on your way back from the Dive Bomb Squad Fest this weekend and listened to the episode that we had the uh, fortune, good fortune of recording with Dale Bordelon. Oh, that was, I really enjoyed it. I watch him on Facebook anyway, but it's just fascinating to me how he just takes it all back. And I love how he, he says the old people. You know, I know, they're, I know. They're, they refer to the, you know, their elders as the old people. And I, and I think that's a Cajun French thing down there. I think probably. That's, yeah. Yeah. And but it's, it's, I love, I loved it. You know, we were talking about his calls and how I want one and you want one. I need to get on the list. I know. So. I know. I do. I do too. He's uh he is a character, man. This, that was a super enjoyable conversation. And we had, we had to work pretty hard to make that episode happen because he doesn't have great, great cell service great wi-fi where he is he's not real tech savvy as yeah. you can imagine as you can imagine yeah 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 yeah, you yeah, know? yeah yeah and but 
it, it didn't matter. I was like, if we have to do this over the phone and I record the phone conversation, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing yeah. this. And yeah, yeah it was, no. And the thing is about what I enjoy about him is it's sincere. It's not yeah. pretend he's not, he doesn't think he's something special. He just is, you know, he just I agree is. 100%. He, he is well, he's authentic and he loves what he's doing and it comes across. Now I'm going to, I'm going to go car some decoys in a P-Rogue. Yeah, exactly. Just get out the ads. Just get out the ads and go knock out a P-Rogue, you know, just no big deal. He said the old, he said the old people would uh, take the ads and they, he said they would get it three quarters of an inch all the way around uh, perfectly. And he said, I'm not that brave, but uh, I thought, could you, he said, he said the old ones are just, they just, you know, light and you can pull them over anything. And I don't know. That's pretty neat stuff, though. Oh, it's it's a lost a lost art, you know. And there's so much of that, whether it's from down south, way down way down deep south down there, or the stuff I grew up with in the Great Lakes, or the guys that are doing stuff on the Chesapeake. There's so many so many stories, so many traditions that are still being carried on to this day. It it uh, you know this is a great waterfowl waterfowling country you know the heritage and then when you see the different areas like you're talking about so much history uh, on the ohio river and illinois river and the mississippi river and then and then uh chesapeake bay and then up on the great lakes and then louisiana and arkansas where i grew up hunting uh and mississippi delta and then and, and now i'm really i'm really infatuated with the central flyway i just love going out there I've never, we've never hunted birds on dry land before. And, and right. then, so, you know, I mean, we did geese, but not ducks. And boy, I mean, I heard you describe it the other day. You're like, there's just nothing any prettier than, you know, mallards in the sunlight coming in and landing on a dry field. I mean, on cornfields, it's, it's fascinating to me because we just don't have that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I didn't have it growing up as a kid. I had it later on in the Southern part of, the, of Michigan, but yeah, you're right. The central flyway, we have it at, in droves we have it all over the place from colorado uh parts of wyoming not all not everywhere montana yeah. uh, kansas nebraska oklahoma yeah. i mean all that stuff yeah it, it was fascinating we had we did a hunt in oklahoma in uh february Jan january yeah. and we were trying yeah. to do cranes but there weren't a lot yeah. of cranes around so we did some little geese some specks and then we had a couple dry land duck hunts and it was I mean, it wasn't just mallards. It was gadwalls and teal and pintails. A lot, a lot of widgeon out there. Lots of widgeon. Lots, lots of widgeon. Brennan Hudson is a, a really good friend of mine, and uh, he's a great – you ought to get him on the, your podcast. Okay, actually. okay. He's, he's awesome, yeah. Uh, he's from Beaumont, Texas, and he's got Alberta waterfowl uh, uh, outfitters, and he also – uh spins he's with uh goose reapers he spends the, the winter out uh in oklahoma and so okay. okay they they yeah man oklahoma man when it's right it's right you know I, yeah I love it. we didn't hit it quite right i mean there was birds but we didn't hit it quite right um the big shot of their birds had pushed on through texas and into texas and the there was a bunch of birds staged up north of them still and it's just kind of in between, but I could see just driving around and hunting the little bit of hunting we did. I was like, this, this could be epic down here. So 
let me ask you this. So what was so fascinating to me when we started hunting out in Oklahoma is the cattle ponds, these mallards are sitting on these cattle ponds. It's like a thousand birds on an acre cattle pond. And, you know, where we're from, you know, they would never do that. You know, it's just a completely different environment. It's fascinating. And I was so taken by that. I, I got to tell you, I like hunting cattle ponds. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a good time. And it's especially a good time for your dog because I don't know. Oh. oh man, you talk about easy, easy clean up, easy mop easy. up. Easy. I get I Great get my for dogs young dogs. That are, oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. I get my dogs out here that are used to. If they don't get it in thirty seconds, it's gone. You know, out in yeah. that fast yeah. water. So they yeah, get yeah. in. They get in a pond, and it's like, I could, I could handle this. Yeah. You know, especially yeah. my old dog. He's like, ah, this is cake. It's but, it's it's great. It's a lot of fun. You know. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I really enjoy that. And then, you know, Canada, you know, in a lot of ways, Oklahoma reminds me of Canada, you know, uh, and the way we hunt, uh, but it all, it's just all fascinating to me. That's the, you know, back to what we were saying earlier, it's, that's, what's so cool about the diversity of waterfowl across North America, really. And yeah. it's, it's fascinating because you can come you can go down south where you guys are and you can hunt flooded timber. You can hunt rice fields. You can do all that yeah. different stuff. You can go and hunt sea ducks, you know, you know, in Alaska or the Pacific Northwest or the East coast, you can hunt, you know, the, in the upper Midwest and the great lakes, you've got phenomenal wood duck and black duck hunting on beaver ponds, you know, in, yeah. in the middle yeah. of the woods yeah. Yeah. and, or big wide open, you know, diver duck hunting with layout boats. You come yeah, out yeah. here, you come out here, you've got, you know, fast water and hot and, and, th and geothermal creeks and yeah, dry fields. Yeah, that's and, on my list is the thermal. Yes. Yeah. The little creeks. Yes. I, I want to do that. I also right want to get out and, and hunt the bighorn. Do you hunt the bighorn? Yes. Um, yeah. we, we haven't. So, the, so there's two versions of the bighorn. There's the bighorn in Montana, which is what most people understand. That's what I'm thinking, yeah. Yeah, but the bighorn originates in Wyoming. and, it, and it's, I did not know that. Yep, it originates in Wyoming, and it's called, in its headwaters, it's called the Wind River. And when it comes oh, out... Oh, I've been... To, okay. Yeah, when Go it ahead. comes out of Wind River Canyon at the town of Thermopolis, it changes its name to the bighorn. I didn't know that. Yeah. And so the story goes that there were two groups of fur trappers or explorers, one going down the river from Montana or upriver from Montana and the other one coming down from the Dubois area and in the mountains. And they met right about there at, at the mouth of this Wind River Canyon. And, you know, it's like, oh, we're on the bighorns. Like, no, we're on the wind. This is the wind, you know, and they're bantering back and forth. It's just like, you know what? we'll just call this the wedding of the waters. And from upstream, it's the wind. Downstream, it's the bighorn. It's the same Every river. Day. Yeah, it's the same huh. river. Yeah. I've been to the Wind River uh, range. Uh, yep. About 20 years ago, we went out and did some fly fishing. Yep, that's where, that's where it starts. That's where the bighorn comes yeah. from, is it comes from the Wind River range in the south end of the Absorcas and down in there and just kind of wraps around and goes up north into Montana. But yeah, the bighorn is phenomenal. Uh, it, it can be, it can hold a ton, a ton of birds. It, it really can. Yeah, yeah, it can be a lot of fun. It can be a lot of fun. But 
Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't want to do that sometimes. What would you say now? I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you're good. You're good. I was just going to transition us into tell us who Marty Roberts is. Tell us about Sporting Life Kennels and maybe most importantly, tell us about Jim Bob. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's start with Jim Bob. All right. And if I, if I tear up a little bit. I understand completely. Understand. So, yeah. Just his name makes me tear up. But uh, so when I was 16, so I was in 1982, uh, uh, my parents got me a yellow lab and uh, I named him Jim Bob. And he, I don't know why he reminded me of just a big, you know, farm boy, you know, uh, he just, he was fat. And, and I just looked at him and said, you look like a Jim Bob. Anyway, oh. I named you that. And no, no offense to uh, farm boys. No, I, no, just, no. I, I think it's great. He was fat. Yeah. He was, you know, he just, uh, anyway, yeah, I loved him and, and he changed my life. I mean, I wouldn't be where I am now without him. And that's the truth. I mean, he, he changed the trajectory of my life. A puppy did this. And, um, uh, you know, until that time I started hunting in Arkansas in, in 1976 six i was 12 so uh and and then that day changed my life forever i mean it, it set me on a tra trajectory i had to have a neighbor that was really good friends with my father his name was johnny tortera and uh I, to this I, I can still to this day i can i can see the hunt i can see the woods i can see the hole i can see the the birds dropping into the hole and uh it was a, it was a place uh, over near Wynn, Arkansas, and uh, it uh, Murray's Woods, and it's still to this day is a, is a hunting club, I think. Uh, but you know, I can as a twelve year old boy, and I'm you know in my fifties now, and I can still see the birds dropping. I can I can just in my mind's eye, I can still see those birds dropping in the trees on that sunny blue sky day. My first green head I ever shot was banded. What? Yes. And I mean, how, I mean, what are the odds on that? Oh my goodness. I know that's pretty cool. But anyhow, so my father and Johnny Tartera, you know, took me into those woods and I changed. I changed that day. I mean, I loved to hunt before that, but I had never seen anything like it. And, and, and mallards and timber has fascinated me all of my life, like nothing else. I mean, I love turkey hunting and I love fly fish and, and, and those are right up there with it, but, uh, or any kind of fish, but, uh, that started the path that I'm on now. And, and then when I was in high school, I got Jim Bob and he, uh, he's a, he was an American kind of, kind of came from some American field trial lines uh and had a ton of drive and you know being 16 17 years old he was with me all the time right all the time i'd take him with me on dates we go to the drive-in <laughs> you can finish that burger <laughs> he's, he's he's in the, he's in the out of a 78 ford bronco i don't know if you remember those but those things are, well that was the year i was time. born that was the year yeah. i was born <laughs> okay yeah, I was gonna say you wouldn't remember those, but you look them up. Any of those? Those a big old square, you know, yep. and blazer. Chevy had a blazer. So anyway, had that Bronco, and uh, it uh, 
so he would go with me and we'd be out there. Of course, all your friends had to drive in and we're walking around and my dogs just follow me everywhere I go. He's just part of what, everything we did. So, so then I trained him, you know, at the time, the, I used water dog, uh, for the first, you know, till he's about six months old. Um, and you know, now I look back and I, I, I think that that book is, you know, there's a lot better methods now but that got me started. And then right. when he was about six, seven months old, uh, we sent him off and had him force fetched and, uh, and then I got him back and I finished him myself, uh, and just reading books, you know, we didn't have videos. We didn't, and I didn't have a mentor. It was just me figuring it out. And, uh, uh, it worked, you know, I look back now and I think, well, if I had him now, well, he'd be doing yeah, a lot. I know, I know. <laughs> I think about mine first one too, and it's the same thing, right down to the water dog book. The same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he got it done, and it was pretty watching him. But man, he had so much more potential than I gave him. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, so then you know he he kind of got. Um, there was a veterinarian in Memphis, still, still there. Chuck Alford, his name, uh, Spence Alford's uh, father. So Spence has Rolling Thunder Gang Balls. Okay. Yep, yep. So Chuck would call me up occasionally and say, "Hey, he really liked Jim Bob. He'd say, hey, I got a guy that wants to got a really nice female. I'd like, you know, he wants to find a stud dog." I told him about Jim Bob. I said, "Okay." Of course, back then, you know, uh, we didn't health check our dogs. You know, there wasn't any X-rays. We would just say, all right, you got a dog, let's breed them, you know? And it worked out, but I mean, it's what we do. So generally speaking, I keep a puppy or two off that and I would train it and then I would sell it. And so uh, I did that pretty much for the next several years, just as a hobby, okay? So I went into construction. I really wanted to do a kennel back when in my twenties, but I, I didn't have the means to do it, yeah. you know? I mean, uh, you know, it just, and now knowing what it takes to do it right, you know, there's no way I could have done it. So I went in construction, did, I was a home builder for a long time, and I kept going on the dogs, uh, always had dogs around, always training. Uh, and then uh, we, uh, and, and so this went on for, you know, so then in the early 2000s, we moved to Oxford, Mississippi uh, on, on, to do some condo projects. And, and then that in the 2007, we started seeing, hey, something's fixing to, you know, go wrong here. Uh, and, yeah. Uh, so saw 2008 coming and I sat down with my wife and I was like, you know, I've got this idea. <laughs> Imagine building homes for 20 something years and then sitting your wife down saying, hey, I want to train dogs. <laughs> But you know, to her, to her, uh, to her, uh, you're gonna end up living with them too. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, yeah. So you know, she trusted me, and she said, "Let's do it." You know, and so I sat down, put the business plan together, and uh, started looking around uh, for property, and just dove in, dove in, just dove in. Yeah. made trips I, I made trips over to ireland uh and uh made some contacts in scotland um and then england and i started bringing dogs over um and uh yeah so that's when it started in 2008 
uh, and then we just started going from there. You know, we bought yeah. my veterinarian is named Lee Payne. Okay. Uh, he would be a good person, I think, to have on your okay. podcast. Actually. Okay. Did, I'll tell you what, what I, we'll do is at the end of this, I'll have you send me a list of people that with contact information that you think would be good. Cause I'd love to talk to these folks. Lee, Lee Payne, uh, my veterinarian, uh, is known throughout the Southeast. I mean, he is, he's a reproductive specialist and he's a good veterinarian. And I'm so blessed, uh, that he is here. Uh, and it's, it's, uh, he's 10 minutes, 15 minutes from my house and oh, people come nice. to him from like hours, eight, 10 hours away. You know? mm. Uh, but here's a funny story. So he and I got friends and he had this 42 acre farm, uh, about five minutes from where we built this house. And so, um, I, you know, he knew I was on the search and we were talking and I said, man, and I'd come out to his farm to work my dog. And I said, man, I said, your farm would be the perfect place for the kennel. He goes, you know what? He goes, my wife really loves your house. And he said, yeah. He goes, are you thinking what I'm thinking? This is the true story. So, no so literally, we we bought each other's houses right oh, there. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, we did. And we passed each other in there. So he's only like a mile away as a crow flies. But we passed each other in the moving truck. <laughs> on the on the highway and just switched <laughs> anyway i thought that was pretty funny but no um, that's that is a great story oh yeah, yeah. that's the crazy thing though is you don't know that's why i asked the question you know who yeah. you are tell us about yourself because i'm not going to be able to dig that stuff up you know no yeah, yeah. facebook stalking or google jockey yeah, is yeah, going to yeah. show me that yeah, yeah. those stories are awesome yeah yeah, it's funny. I mean, it's, it's, we always, we just laugh about, it. I saw him yesterday. He was breeding a dog for me, but, uh, yeah, so that's, that's a good story. And then, uh, yeah, so we pretty much, you know, went in and there was a barn and we built it out and, you know, and so for, for about the first year, you know, I did everything myself, fed, cleaned up, trained, you know, I'm training out in the rainstorm. I remember, I remember this because I, I didn't pay myself anything for the first year. And we were living off savings. So I'm walking around and, and I'm healing a dog in a rainstorm. And I'm and I'm and I'm just soaking wet, you know, and I'm thinking, what have you done? <laughs> I was like, what have you? I said, Marty's folly. That's why I kept repeating to myself. I was like, this is insane. <laughs> <laughs> but but word started getting around and I, I know a lot of people in memphis they started sending us stuff and then i really got started with you know, started dogs i started having puppies and training them and selling them and uh it just built from there and uh yeah i've had been very blessed because the university of mississippi's here and so i've had a great labor pool uh, great labor pool and through the years um, I, it just seems like to me it was just it, I, I know it was it was meant to be I think I was I think I'm here for this reason I think I'm here to to you know I, I think I'm here for the purpose that I was intended to be here now I'm not saying I'm special I'm not saying I'm better than other people I just think that for whatever reason I found something that uh that God intended for me to do yeah, you know, years from now, 
maybe it's something else, but I definitely, from the time I was a teenager, I had this longing to do this. And uh, I just can't believe it happened, honestly. But it, it happened and, and we're very, very blessed. And uh, I've had lifelong friendships with a lot of the kids that have worked here. And uh, one of them, David Spaulding, uh, was with me for about 10 or 11 years and opened his own kennel last year up in Middle Tennessee, Harpeth River Kennels. I'm really proud of him. Uh, he's a great guy, great trainer. And uh, I watched him grow up. He, he came to work for me. He was 19 years old. And he left, he left last year. You see, he was 30. So he worked for me for 11 years. Yeah. I mean, it was, I was really sad when he left. But, but it was time, you know, it, right. it was time and he, he needed to spread his wings and go and, and he did. And, uh, he's, I'm very proud of him, but I've had, anyway, I just, I've had lots of good relationships with kids that work for me and, and still do, you know, and they, they come and go and, uh, you know, I'm proud of them. I mean, you know, I, I don't remember all of them, but, but the ones there are, probably 20 that i'm you know i'm still i'm still in contact with many many of them right. and uh uh and, and good friends and, and but to, you know it would have been hard to do i feel like in another area because of this smart uh labor pool and uh, of of mostly young men but i've had some outstanding young women as well i've had some great women trainers uh, girl tra women i should anyway in their 20s <laughs> every their girl they're all boys and girls to me yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. so old now but but had some great girls but it's mostly boys but you know then they get to come here and they love the outdoors the majority of them love the outdoors so it beats the heck out of you know waitressing in a restaurant or right, right. somewhere in town uh and and most all of them love dogs otherwise they wouldn't be out here you know and uh, so it's hard. It's hard work. I mean, it is hard work. And like right now, it's 100 degrees. And, and by lunchtime, it's a ghost town. Everybody's yeah, inside. <laughs> yeah. We've been out early and trained and the, the guys have gotten their stuff done. And, you know, it's miserable. And next week's supposed to be all in the hundreds, oh. like 100, 102. And that's not even the heat index. So uh, really hot, but. Anyway, it's a it's a good it's a good living. It's a it's a lifestyle. It's not it's not a nine to five job, you know. It's it's twenty four seven. And she gets tough. It's tiring. Um, it's hard to get away, you know. It's not something that I think a lot of people feel like that. We we play with dogs all day. People mean it, you know. They mean it in a sweet way, but they're like, oh man, I wish I could work out here and just play with dogs all day. And I'm like. It isn't playing with dogs all yeah, day. You you yeah. better love it. You got to love it. If you don't love it, you're not. You're gonna burn out. Yeah, you're yep. gonna burn out. So it's uh, gotta be. It's gotta be a passion. It's gotta be something. That it's for. it's a yeah. It's a passion, and to a degree, it's an obsession because I mean, like I think about them all the time. You know. Right. I I th I mean, I'm, if I'm driving, I'm thinking about well, I how can we fix this problem with this dog? You know. Or I wonder about this breeding or I wonder about that stud dog, you know, um, it mostly has to do with just, I think drills in my head. I'm always thinking of drills, new and better drills. And I know you do this as well, but you know, 
you're driving down the highway, you look over, and there's a beautiful cattle pasture <laughs> with ponds. And you're yep. I'm sitting there going, oh man, I could I could run that, I could run that, and you know, I just love seeing, especially in the south. I don't know what it's like out there, but I just I'm always you know it's just it's always with me. I mean I'm just always thinking about it. There's a, a lot of the countryside out here, unless you're in the mountains, is a lot of sagebrush. You know, it's a lot of rocky, really tough, inhospitable, dry country. And mm -hmm. honestly, until the snakes go to bed, I don't really take my dogs out in it much, you know, just because it's, oh, like, yeah. it's not, it's not worth it. And yeah. my, my young dog, um, yeah. he he's a Mississippi boy. And yeah, so, yeah, yeah, Hondo. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that. yeah. That dog, the first time I saw him do this, Marty, I was like, "What is he doing?" But he were, we were out running him in the desert, and you know, in the cool of the day when it's it's cool or whatever, and just going for a walk, getting exercise, and he's running along, and all of a sudden he gets super birdie, and he starts sniffing around, and I'm looking, and I'm like, "Yeah, they're not going to be a snake right there." What is he doing? Then I see him eating something. I'm like, what are you, what do you got? He's so thirsty out there that he's biting chunks of prickly pear off and eating them. Oh, no way. Yeah. Uh, and the oh, only crap. thing I could think of is when he gets birdie like that, he smells the water in that prickly pear. He smells, smells, yeah, yeah, he yeah. smells that in there and he's like, he hones in on it and he like, yeah, 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 right. And right, takes right, little yeah, nibbles yeah. out of it and he's getting yeah, better get because him, I'm like, get him in his no. mouth yeah, yeah, and the, the thing about prickly pear is the spines, and they, when they get when they get exposed to the, like water or something, they get soft. And and I, I'll yeah, bring I'll them over, okay. and I'll I'll pull them out. But honestly, they just kind of you know, like you get, we get them in our feet and knees and hands when we're hunting big game all the time. And uh -huh. and they and it is there. It's not like choya cactus or some of that nasty stuff that they have down in Texas. It's it's yeah, fairly yeah. benign. <laughs> it it's not okay. comfortable. It's yeah. not comfortable, and he's starting to yeah. learn. Like, eh, I don't think I want to bite that. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, you never know. You never realize how many edible things exist in the world until you take your labs for a walk. Oh man! <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, and you know, I always tell people if there's if there's a way to get hurt or die, oh man, puppy's gonna find. Yeah, I mean, I, absolutely. It's, it's, if you have to they're like toddlers man i mean you have to watch them you know you don't let your toddler go stick his finger in the in no. the plug and or, or swallow whatever that pill is you know mm -hmm. you're constantly watching but yeah yeah no, I've, I've, I've always got my dogs in the corner of my eye always even even my yes. old dog even my old dog who's 10 Mackinac's like and he's super chill i mean he's he yeah. just he's got more self-preservation instinct than any dog i've ever seen it's like watch him do things and you're going dang that was pretty smart but even him i just i'm watching him all the time you know it's no yeah. different no different out here than, than horses horses same way if there's something that they can find a way to hurt themselves on they're gonna really do it. they're gonna really do it. oh yeah huh. they're, they're terrible they're terrible yeah a mule a mule's a lot more like my old dog puppies especially are can get you can get, oh my yeah. goodness they're like little kids man you got to have one eye on them all the time you know i'll tell you an interesting story about a puppy so about five years ago uh we told a puppy to a, a lady and uh i think she's in illinois and so she calls me up or she may have emailed me i don't remember if she was saying the puppy's having seizures 
and and so obviously we were very concerned puppy was probably three months old you know okay. so i talked to lee Payne, my veterinarian and we we kind of went through you know what's the dog do what's the course of the day look like where they live what's the backyard look like he goes i, I think it's snails he goes i think that dog was licking snails and uh, i said uh so i called her told her and uh she was rock well, you know we do have snails we have slugs here she goes i'll try to keep a better look well about a week or two later she calls me she's all balling she goes he's doing it again i said well i tell you what why don't you why don't you bring him just bring him to me and i'll give you another puppy and uh i will take him and we'll, we'll see what we can do with him well she brought him down obviously it was painful for her she said she didn't want another puppy because she felt like it was something in the environment and we got that puppy here. So he never had a seizure ever again. He was perfectly fine. And it was, it, he was obviously, he'd been licking those. It's like, he who would have thought that? He liked the psychedelics. <laughs> True. That is, that's crazy. 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 <clears throat> you know, it's funny it's, you say that though, because I walk around my yard and we're in a really arid environment out here, but this year has been exceptionally wet and everybody's, you know, we've got in-ground sprinklers and all that stuff to keep the yard, whatever, but it's just yeah. now turned on hot. So we've had uh, mushrooms in our yard, toad, some toadstools, different, kind, different kinds of mushrooms pop up, yeah. which is, yeah. I mean, it's fairly uncommon in Wyoming, but there's certain places yeah. where you get it. Yeah. Well, I had a German shepherd years ago that got into mushrooms and ate them when i was trout fishing with him on this little trout yeah. stream out here yeah and he ate a yeah. bunch of them and i rushed him to a vet of course most of our vets out here especially rural areas are large animal vets so yeah. they see, yeah. they see yeah. all kinds of crazy stuff yeah yeah and they they pumped him pumped him full of charcoal and huh. gave him some uh that's the stuff you take for like an upset stomach and uh sent him home sent him home with me and they said i said there's so there's there's nothing else we can do and they're like well he'll be dead in the morning or he won't <laughs> that's a large I, I mean, bet for you <laughs> yeah exactly 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 they're and just I'm, matter of fact <laughs> i'm thinking well okay you know and i knew they were right because it's like what if he's got it if he poisoned yeah. himself bad enough on the wrong kind of mushroom and he's yeah. dead there's nothing i can do for him and he, he lived he was okay but i'm constantly picking mushrooms out of the yard and, and i got a toddler too i got a little boy that oh, i can God. see him yeah. eating them too you know so it's like oh yeah but yeah your constant vigilance it's constant vigilance with, yeah, with especially the with their puppies but even when they get older you know so anyway you know we uh, basically you know we parent we parent them you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. they're not children, but we parent them and they look to us to take care of, them, you know, and right. that's what we, you know, you know, just switching gears a little bit on the way of dog training, you know, you have the whole, you, you, you've got sort of extreme, not extreme, you got the extreme right and you've got the extreme left where, you know, people are all positive. You know, and they think you stay positive all the time. You have the other guys that just, you know, crank and yank them around and fry their brains out, you know. And, and, and why was I saying that? We were just talking. Oh, so, so then you got this 
so people will say, well, you know, you need to be the alpha. And I, I don't particularly like that word. I, I think you just need to be their parent. They need a leader. And, and whether the, the people that are all positive reinforcement trainers that say that, you know, they don't need, they need a leader. They just need a leader. They, when they're in a pack, you put four dogs together. One of them is going to be the leader. Right. You put two dogs together. One of them is going to be the leader. It may be minute differences if you put two or three together, but one of them is going to, they're all going to be, they're going to fall in line behind somebody. And that doesn't mean that that, that leader hurts the others, but they look for leadership. So along the same roads with dog training, you know, I, I don't, don't necessarily think there's an alpha, but you definitely need, they need a leader, you know, right, and, right. and, and a parent. And that's the way I look at it, you know, and I, I guess, it, go ahead. No, no, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, in, in the case of the dogs that come here to train, uh, I don't necessarily, uh, you could change the verbiage on it. We're teachers at that point, you, sure, you know, sure. but they still, we're still their leader, you know, just like you send your kid to school. That teacher isn't going to hit him over the head. Well, one or two may hit me over the head. I deserve it. Just kidding. But, uh, but they're going to, you know, they're going to, you're going to toe the line, but you, you can be a gentle leader. You don't have to, you know, I mean, you can have it both. I, I, my, my philosophy on dog training is you meet in the middle, right? That's right. how I look at it. You know, we use food reward training, you know, extensively on puppies uh, and up through, you know, six months of age. And then we'll move over to using food and prong collars. And then we'll go from that to using food and electric collars. And then we'll pay the food. Or if we're training something new, we'll, uh, something that, you know, maybe they're not super confident in, we'll bring it back out and then we'll fade it. And uh, uh, the dogs are super happy, you know. Um, I don't know how we, we kind of shift the gears quickly with this, but. No, you're good. I love it. Just the natural flow of the conversation is perfect. Yeah, yeah. So well, so I want happy dogs. That's something I've always told my employees, uh, tell my clients. That's one thing I think that we're known for is our dogs. They're happy. They mind and they work and they work well and they're great dogs. But I, want, I, don't, I don't want to see if you line a dog up on a blind. I don't want to say dead bird back and the dog just walks or canters or, or barely just goes because he's been stopped so many times and pushed yeah. around that field. Uh, I want, when I say back, I want him to burn out of there uh, like a greyhound, you know, and because look, it's not all about you. It's about them too. This is their joy in life. Right. And so be a good leader, be a good teacher, show them what you want. And go and enjoy. I mean, the reason you have the dogs because you want to enjoy the dog. You know, you can have both. You can have a great dog, you know, great companion, a great hunter. If you want to run a hunt test, run a hunt test. But they, you know, you don't have to uh, break a dog. You know, you should, our job is to build them up. Uh, that's not to say you never correct, and we will correct. But there's a there's a difference. With just like with a parent, there's there's a difference in a balanced correction and somebody being a bully, you know. I mean, uh, you know. So anyway, I, I I've, I've got one. That, I've got one to bounce off of you. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. I'm at the I'm at the point where I've looked through. You were kind enough to hook me up with your 
with a subscription to your retriever university yeah which i looked through went through the first you know first few lessons and and went yeah. through well, obviously the first stuff i mean i'm kind of looking at what's applicable to me right now at the moment right 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 yeah and um it's we're kind of at that point where i, I call it playing baseball where i yeah. you know yeah. Hondo, yeah. hondo's on the place board at the pitcher's mound and then yeah. we're placing yeah. memory yeah. we're placing memory marks right yeah at yeah first second third base you know and, yeah. and lengthening them out to make it more difficult right yeah yeah so so that's kind of where we're at with him and you know, lot, still lots of obedience work. Lot, that stuff never ends, right? Keep yeah, it, right. Making nope. sure he's steady. Yep, here's, yep. here's one. I'm, I'm out in the yard working the other night. And he's, I mean, crisp. Marty, he's just like, just bam, bam, bam. Just nice. crisp, crisp, perfect, perfect drills. And I yeah. never, I never, I never used back with him. You know, like back uh-huh. to get him to right. go backwards. I'd never used that command till that till the other night. I've done yeah. the left, done the left, right. We've been doing a lot of that work. But I yeah. right from the get-go when he was a puppy, I'd, you know, playing with him in the house. When if I wanted him to go backwards, I'd say back and I'd just put my hand up in that motion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And just kept going, kept so I'm like, I wonder if he'll do it. Yeah, yeah. Holy yeah. crap. I mean just bam. Just nice. perfect. Yeah. Perfect. So this That's is going awesome. on for 20 minutes and I'm about ready to take a break. So I'm like 20 minutes, is a long time, even for, for a 15 or 16 month old dog. I'm yeah, like, yeah. So let's take a break. So I go inside, I grab my wife and I said, Hey, can you come out and film this? I want to put this, you know, on social media, do whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> First thing he does, I set him on the place board <laughs> and she's standing on the patio watching him <laughs> filming with the phone. Right. Yeah, yeah, and, they, and my dogs are house dogs. They live in the house. No, yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're we'll family dogs. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So he's doing this. She's behind him, and he's going. <laughs> he's looking back over shoulder. Yeah, he's looking at her, and she's not saying anything. She's just standing there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd send him sloppy. You know, oh, go, sure. I, I sent him right. He goes back. I'm like, what are you doing? And then he's like, runs a big circle around me, comes back. And I just, yeah. I looked at him like, shut it off. Shut, about, shut about it the off. Time, hey, listen, about the time that you should never brag about your dog or your children because they will <laughs> so, make you, you know, it, 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 along those lines. That's a great story. And, 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 you know, you think, think about this. You've had somebody's dog for months training and they come to get the dog. And you've been telling them how good they've been doing. And then they get there and you go out to the field and the dog, uh, we, now we've gotten to where we say, okay, here's what's going to happen for about the first 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes, he's going to make mistakes and he's going to be thinking about you. And he's going to be torn between me and you while I'm trying to demonstrate stuff. And I promise you 90% of them just, they're at some point in those 10 minutes, they're going to act like a ding dong and just do something silly. But because I've already prepared the owners, they're, you know, they're fine. I said, if he comes over to you, I said, if he comes, if he brings you that bumper, I said, just ignore him. I'll come get him. And, uh, but, and then, I mean, you, I've had things like the dog will be like crashing the water doing great. And they get there and the dog won't even want to get in the water because it doesn't want to, it doesn't want to leave their side, you know, it's oh, so infatuated. And I say, like, I promise you, I promise you, I would not have, 
but anyway, yeah. And, and of course, we do a lot of social media. So, uh, like you were filming, right? Your wife is filming. And so a dog will do something cool. We're like, all right, hey, hey come here. You know, we're going to film this. You know, this is good. And, you know, of course, they don't do it again. You know, right, just, right. Exactly. exactly. It's just, yeah. So I just went through a, went through a webisode today um, for, for the YouTube channel. There's a couple of haunts that we ended up splicing together from last season and it was the ice got really bad. So we had some pretty good shelf ice. My old dog does not like ice. He doesn't like to go off of it. He'll, 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 I mean, he'll do everything in his power to figure out a way not to have to jump off the ice in, into the river. Mm. But I looked, I looked at it and I was like, you know, we got lots of room to get them out. There's no blockages in the river. It's shallow. They don't have to dive off into deep water. They can just yeah. jump off and it's shallow. You know, we're, going, yeah. we're okay. Yeah. What well, river is this? Uh, yeah. This is this is uh, tributary of the Bighorn. I could tell you about okay. it. I could tell you about it. I have to yeah. kill you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> as, as soon as I said that, I thought uh, I shouldn't have asked. No, you you're good. You're good. You're good. No, I was just wondering if it was, you know, you're talking about a pretty big river then. It's, it's good size. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's yeah. it's probably... 70 60 to 70 yards across and it's fast i mean it's a trout stream is, is okay. what it is it's fast okay. yeah, in fact yeah. i see comments all the time where on hunt videos they're like i can't believe you're putting your dogs in that and it's like it looks worse than it is but if you get guys that aren't used to hunting that way you know it's it is intimidating and there's places on it where it's like no i won't put a dog in there there's too much the water's too deep too fast there's too many trees yeah, in yeah. It, and it's just not not a good scenario yeah. anyway talk about stuff that your dog you're just embarrassed of i pulled this up and i'd forgotten about this my other buddy bought brought his dog and she's not steady at all but she she'll get ducks out of the water all day long and that's what we needed on that day and yeah. i was like all right not ideal but we're gonna make it work yeah but she's taking off and getting in the water she's not scared of the ice she's plowed in you know and she's like 12 years old just still crushing it and uh, it's a big old fat thing. And I think it helps her in that cold water, you know, but anyway, <laughs> so my cheater gangster of a, of a veteran lab would wait for her to bring the duck back. And then he'd take it from her nah. <laughs> and he's waiting on the ice and he'd take it away from her. Well, the first couple yeah. of times she did it, she didn't want to give it up. So they're retrieving. Luckily it was a big, nasty merganser, but they're retrieving the same duck i mean side by side like they're like they're in a harness together you know what yeah, I'm like, yeah 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 you gotta cut that out of the video you can't oh, yeah. Put that no, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like yeah. i don't care i don't care how good your dog is how how much time you spend on there's still a dog they're still gonna make mistakes you know yes. like like we all do like our kids do yeah. you know i always tell people i said look there's not a perfect dog in the kennel okay? yeah but but there's not i don't know a perfect person right and especially me i said you know so uh, every dog i've ever had personally every dog we've ever trained they have so you know there's so much good and some bad some quirks and they're just like i mean they're so so do we you know yeah. we're, we're flawed dogs are flawed we're flawed you know? absolutely absolutely uh, well on the, the go ahead no go ahead I was just going just gonna to ask you, as long as we're on the topic of training, because that was how I got hooked up with having you as a guest was through Chad Carmen. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yep. Chad, yeah. And he said that he had used your program, Retriever University. And that yep. was something that I just referenced. But 
Um, I, I looked at it as a curriculum and I started off, you know, Hondo was a Southern Oak dog. I started yep. off using their curriculum with the cornerstone yep. stuff. Yeah. And yep. it's, it's worked well. I, I saw yep. some, Good. I saw some parallels in there in, in yep. yours, but tell us how you came up with that. Tell us more about it as a problem. Well, yeah. So, okay. So originally I had ideas. I had a, a, an outline for a book. So, it, it, uh, and I still will probably, hopefully, uh, if I find the discipline to write. So, anyhow. There's still uh, something about it, having that hard copy in your hand. Oh, dude, you can yeah. I, I, and I love, I'm a reader. And I, yeah, me too. I, I want I want to write. But anyway, it was a, it was, that's what we were doing. I had the outline. And I'd spent quite a long time putting all this together. And then in, in 2016, we got an idea for a TV show. Uh, and I was, I don't even, I got hooked up with some young videographers. And so then they came out and they were doing, so I, I'm skipping around, but that, I met them because we were kind of flirting around with the TV show idea. Then I said, look, I'm going to, I've got this book outline. I think I want to do DVDs. And so they came out and they started filming for me. And Travis Mosler was one of the uh, uh, videographer. He, he, he's a very talented young man, but anyway, he, he, he just, I mean, it wasn't like the third day we were filming. He said, you know, DVDs are basically going to die. Quickly. Dead, yeah. Dead. And he was said, this, they're dying. Did you have Preacher in in those videos? Yeah. So, I, rem yeah. I, said, I remember yeah. I remember those videos. I, I remember where, yeah. I don't know where I would have seen them, maybe YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. We've, yeah. Yeah. Now we've got uh wait wait waypoint tv we actually did film a tv show uh for two seasons but that, we'll talk about that in a minute but okay but they uh but anyway so tr tr we're out and standing out the field and travis said you, have you ever heard of a, a online course i said no he said well that's where everything's going and this is in probably 2017 2016 i don't remember exactly i think it was 2016 so i said what is it he goes well there's some sites, you know, and he said, you know, you need to look up, look at this place and that place. And, and then we started looking at it and, and then I thought, okay, yeah, I can do that. I can take the outline for this book. Um, and sort of, you know, the thing is with us, we're, we're actually, we're using this stuff. Okay. This isn't something I decided, Hey, let's make an online course. And then I'm going to, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm just going to make stuff up as we go along because I have had, an, you know, I, for me to scale as a trainer, I have to have other trainers here. I can't train 40 something dogs without, <coughs> losing, my, without losing my mind. So uh, I started teaching and training uh, college students and I have flow charts and I have a system and it works very well. And if they just follow that, uh, then I can take that same system and I can share it with others. Okay. And it's worked really well. It's, 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 you know, we've probably trained 1500 or more dogs here. I, I hadn't really kept up with it, but I've trained a lot of people and clients as well. So it's, it was started off as a book outline, went to a DVD that lasted for about a week. And then the youngster said, no, this is what you need to do. And then I just, you know, 
we started filming and I learned a lot about filming. You know, when you first you're standing in front of the camera, you freeze, you know, and uh, it was very strange at first, but we, we got the hang of it. And then over time, uh, I had, uh, they, 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 we kind of split off with them. And then I had the Ole Miss, uh, University of Mississippi has a film school. And so some, some guys from the film school came out and started filming. Uh, McLean McGuire, he's actually in, I think, uh, he, he's in Idaho right now. Great kid, great kid. So they came out, his, his friends, and they uh, filmed about, probably the freshman course, uh, sophomore course, and then they left because they graduated. And then I'm sitting here going, oh, crap. You know, I'm sitting here and I didn't know what to do. So not much went on for about six months or so. And then uh, Jake Orlich uh, was working for me. And this is also a cool story. So Jake, Jake's working in the kennel stuff, okay? And so I, one afternoon, like, he was just got through cleaning up, and he said, well, uh, Mr. Marty, he goes, I'm going to head on. Is there anything else I can do? And I said, well, if you can film and edit, you're golden. He goes, oh, I can do that. And I said, what do you mean? <laughs> he said, my whole, senior, my whole senior year, he said, we made movies. And uh, he goes, I can do that. So – he picked up the mantle and filmed junior class and I mean the junior and senior courses. Okay. Uh, well, a lot of the junior senior courses. And then he graduated and then Sam Roberts uh, started working for me and he just had never filmed before, but he said, well, he said, if they can do it, I can do it. And he got on YouTube like all of them, everybody does and learned how to do it. I'm behind about a dozen films right now. I've already filmed some for, but we're getting ready to add some, especially to the finished courses. But anyway, the whole thing is just pretty much came into fruition uh, with the help of college students filming, and and uh, it's been a it's been fun. And then and then like Jake Orlich, the the young man that asked me if I needed any help, right? So now. He's in it full time. He it was not even his major, but he he enjoyed filming so much that he now uh, has that's he is a full time content creator, videographer, and it started with that one conversation of him asking me if I need anything to do. <laughs> Isn't that hilarious? Oh, it's just how life works, you know. The more I, I'm 44 years old and. The one thing, one thing I've learned is you don't ever know where something's gonna something's gonna lead. You know where I, I and I and I I see it as divine intervention. I see it as you don't ever know where God's gonna point you and what He's gonna do for you. No, you don't. And no, no. I I look at this what I'm doing now. You know I'm sitting yeah, in, my, yeah. in my office here as an editor, and I was a school teacher and a coach. And all of a sudden now I've been an editor for the largest Western hunting publication for five years. And then the wingman's thing was a conversation on a duck hunt. You know, duck hunting was just something to do after big game seasons were over. I mean, it's a passion, don't get me wrong, but it was like, yeah, it'd be kind of cool if we did something, you know, like a magazine for waterfowl. Yeah. And 
and yeah. it was like here we go and this is what it's turned into is a podcast and a video series and all this all these different yeah. things and if you're if i wouldn't have had an open mind if jake wouldn't have had an open mind enough to say yeah what yeah. else can i do for you mr marty yeah 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 i mean oh he and i laugh about it all the time i mean um what is the uh the upland project what's the name of it you know what i'm talking about yeah the uh, upland the upland project is um yeah kind of like he's what working. we do kind of like what we yeah, do he, here at wingman but it's upland focused right so he's he's worked with them um and he's worked for various outfitters around and he you know he's it's it's very interesting how that kind of came to be but i agree i think that i think things happen for a reason you know right but uh but, you know, back on the – so Retrieve University, uh, I, I, I divided up, you know, into four classes. And I have puppy preschool and freshmen together. Right. Uh, so puppy preschool and freshmen, they're together. And then we got – and so that's it's pretty much going puppy up through about six months of age. And then sophomore picks up where you're solidifying <laughs> obedience, right? And, uh, and then we're going into uh, – uh, and then we get going to some force fetch, e-collar conditioning, uh, which I'm a, I love, I love both of those when they're done right. And, and like on our force fetch into things, they're on the table and they're wagging their tails and we're using yeah. food as we add pressure. And so it, it works very nice. It overlays. So explain, uh, explain them. What is the purpose of force fetch? Why do you force fetch a dog? Okay. That's a great question. And it's multifaceted. It's not any one way, any one reason. But I'll say this. I think um, I think they've been force-fetched for, for so long. I'm talking about the American uh, field-bred Labradors uh, right. that uh, a lot of them don't necessarily have a good natural hold. Uh, that's not to say they're not rock stars. I'm just saying that a lot of them will tend to come in and drop it. Mm -hmm. um, and so where I found it, it, I, I, it like it'll take a, a soft dog and it'll make them bolder and it'll take a bolder dog and it'll, and it'll put you in charge. Um, it take, it teaches them to go when sent. And so it overlays horse fetching overlay with the e-collar conditioning. And so now I can do what's called uh, indirect pressure. If I have a no-go and they don't get in the water, I can give them light stimulus and they'll go. Uh, if they pop, I can call them back in, give them light stimulus. It over the the e-collar e and the force fetch kind of overlay each other. So now sure. they understand that hey, if you run out and pop, I'm not going to give you the cast. I want you to come back. I'm not getting on to them. I'm saying no. Here, you know, they come in, give them a little indirect pressure, send them. Um, it it just has it it helps clean up a lot of problems. Now, now having said that. Uh, I know you've got a British dog and in, 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 in a lot of uh, the British genetics, um, you, you don't have to, they, they, you know, you get a more natural hold, but it's what it's, it's really for me. Um, it, 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 it really uh, is about um, more than the hold. It's, it's just, it, it cleans up stuff. And when you, when you start doing other, you deal with other breeds, um, it, 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 it lets you train across the board and, and get a consistent 
product. And you're not having to, and on the British side of things, uh, it, I, I, the biggest thing for me is, uh, and we're training a lot of dogs, so we're able to get through it quicker. Uh, and also it enables me to be able to force later on. And I'm not talking about hurting a dog. I'm just talking about, tell, you know, you're going to go because I tell you to go. Right, so if, right. if somebody says, well, I've never had a no-go, on a dog, well, you hadn't trained enough dogs. If you hadn't had a dog that you said, you know, dead bird back on the edge of a lake and they don't want to get in, you hadn't trained enough dogs. And, and, and so that immediately tells me that you just hadn't trained enough because you're going to see it. Right. You train enough, you're going to see it. Well, I can I can take force fetch and overlay that. And now I can I can tell them to go and, and they'll go. And if they don't, I, I can give them a little correction. I'm not talking about hurting them. And you send them. Now I was talking to somebody the other day and they were saying, I was like, you know, so you don't force fetch. So what do you do if you don't give you no go? He goes, I pick him up and throw him in the water. And I was like, well, that's really, that's good. Yeah, that I'm sure he, we both started laughing. He goes, yeah, that's what I did for years. And he goes, I don't now. He goes, I, I, I force fetch and I use e-collars. And he goes, the dogs are much happier. And he goes, and I'm happier because I don't lose my temper. Yeah, yeah. And, and so um, it's. It's just how we choose to do it. I used to be scared to death of it. When, when I, I, I'll tell you this, and, and this is the truth. So going back in the early 80s, when I, when I decided I was going to force fetch some of my own dogs, and I was scared to death, you know, uh, that I hurt them. And uh, I didn't, you know, I just, it's just, but I was scared I would. And I think a lot of people are scared of it. Right. And I think a lot of people probably need to get help doing it. Um, because there's so many idiosyncrasies with it right right not just one way of doing it there's just not i mean we have an old we have a whole um i have a basic plan and then we've got a lot of little rabbit trails and in the end what we want is a real happy puppy Mm -hmm. that will hold fetch and hold you know and i don't have to correct it in the field uh as far as dropping stuff it just makes them more reliable in my opinion yeah, that's that's interesting because what I've started to do with it is I'm I'm kind of at that point and just watching stuff, you know, watching Cornerstone and watching Retrieve right. University. Yeah. And <clears throat> just I, I've been real gentle with it. I've I've been real, really easy, real gentle. Hondo's pretty, pretty he likes to play. You know, he he's mm-hmm. he brings a bumper back and he's constantly shifting it in his mouth. <sighs> yeah. Right, right, right. You know, and he won't drop a bumper. But he mouths it. But he mouths it. And, and I'm yep. trying to get him just just hold, hold. And I'm repeating that hold. Right. When he comes to me, I've started just just holding his mouth. Closing his mouth. Just yep. closing yep. his mouth and being gentle yep. with him, not hurting him and not, not, but, you know, hold, hold, hold. And then as soon as he holds it, good boy, you know, praising him up big time. But it's yep. funny, I've got a couple of bumpers that are older. And they're they're big, and he doesn't like them. He he'll he'll drop those ones. He'll bring them back mm-hmm. and drop them. And it's mm-hmm. the only bumpers that that he does that with. And I th- I just think it's because they're they're big. You know, they're like the size of a goose. You know, big big around. He doesn't like them. And so I'm really working with. Okay, we need to learn how to hold these bigger things, buddy. Because yeah. you're going to be fetching a lot of Canada Canada geese. Yeah, yeah. In the future, it's it. You know, it's hard. Those big old docking goose decoys, it's hard. You know, they're heavy. 
you know, right, and they don't, right. and they don't give. And I love docking dummies. I'm not running them down. But, right, right. Or doking, but uh, but where a goose will give, you know, they bite down on it. Those bumpers don't, you know, it's solid bone. So they have to figure it out. Well, and it's, heavy. this dog's ridiculous because it's the same dog that will carry around logs and stuff when we go camping. Yeah, I know. You it's know, just, it's yeah, like, what, yeah, I know. what are you doing? But Yeah, but, uh, yeah, so, <clears throat> you know, I keep repeating happy dogs. You can have both. You can force fetch. You can use an electric collar. You can have a super happy dog. Yeah. And I think, that, but I think a lot of people are scared of electric collars because they see the abuse. And there's a lot of people that, you know, either are bullies or they're just ignorant and really don't understand what they're doing or both. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I've seen them used both ways, obviously, but I've seen e-collars used to great success where it just increases the control of the dog. It increases the confidence of the dog, you know, where, oh, yeah. where dogs like free to make a mistake, you know, and, and not going to get crushed for it. You know, that, you know, not going to be afraid to come back, you know, stand out there at 50 yards going, I'm not going to come back to you because I know I'm going to get my butt kicked. Yeah. I've I've seen all that. Here's a, well, see, it's it's just a tool. You know, I can take a hammer and I can build your house or I can take a hammer. I can hurt you with it. It's just a tool, but there's a right way and a wrong way using it. But the beauty, here's my favorite things with an electric collar. Okay. And one is dogs two, 300 yards out, you know, just use those distances because those are realistic distances to build up to. Um, you blow the whistle and they'll, you know, they slip the whistle or maybe they got mm-hmm. their nose, they started hunting on their own. You, instead of taking, you know, maybe they drop their nose and you want to sit, you know, give them a cast and they ignore you. Then all I got to do is I'll repeat the you know, toot and then I nick them. And most of the time they just turn, sit, look at me good give them the cast and they take off and they're wagging, you know, their tails popping and they're going straight and they're mm-hmm. going where you're supposed to go. So in juxtaposition would be, would say traditional trainers. And I'm not talking about, I mean, what is traditional trainers, but I mean, let's just go back to someone just using say a slip lead uh, or a choke chain and refuse to use an electric collar because they think it's cruel and humane. Uh, but then you'll see these, and I know of some, and I'm not going to say who they are. And they may or may not be in this country, but, but, the, 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 but they'll yell, and they'll, you know, no, and they'll run out there. And by the time you get 200 yards out, you're really not in a good mood. And they're physically going to correct that. Dog. And it could be really ugly, right? Uh, and I could have, I just, I just corrected my dog within a second or two of the altercation. Or the or, or whatever that may be, where he messed up and he's happy, and he understands what just happened. He understands, you know, in real time what just happened, and I just got a slight correction for it. And okay, here he, I'm going back. Everything's good. So, um, so I think the modern e-commerce are such a phenomenal tool so right so i I like to use them you know for the in the distance also it's great for you know if you need their attention in the water because you don't what are you gonna do if they're out there 75 yards and they ignore you 
you're just going to yell at them. And a lot of guys probably beat the crap out of them when they finally come in. Or I could say, no, you know, two, Nick, they turn, good, back, you know. Um, and then indirect pressure. I can use indirect pressure on to correct for no-goes and popping. And it cleans it up so fast. It, the indirect pressure, it's just, it's amazing how fast, you know, I can 90% of the time we can do it with an electric collar in, in, on, a, on a T field, okay? Just a simple T field. Uh, single, say a single T field, I can clean up that indirect pressure. Uh, I mean, that popping. And I want them to pop uh, on that field so I can show them, yeah. you know, we're going to go on, you're going to go on, uh, and you're going to go, I'm telling you to go, and everything's going to be good. And you'll see them. You'll see their little minds thinking through it. You know, they get, they pop, toot, 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 call them back in. I push it a continuous. So what do you mean by, what do you mean by pop? They run out and they turn and spin around and look at me on their own. I didn't, I didn't ask them to sit. Got it. Okay. Uh, so they, they look to you as a crutch at that point. Okay. So, uh, that's a big no, no. I mean, I, I don't like it. I, I, I want them to go where I tell them to go. And I want them to stop when I tell them to stop and take the right cast. Um, and with a lot of people, especially people that self-train, the dogs will pop. They'll, they'll, yeah. they'll, you know, maybe when you're running to that pile, okay, they probably won't, you know, if you're just running memories, you know, right, they're not going to usually pop on a memory. But when you're, you know, a walkout fly. But when you're doing a, uh, a pile and you're sending them, at some point they're going to be like, I don't want, you know, they'll get about halfway out there and they're going to expect you to, you know, because you've been sending them and stopping them. They're going to expect it. And at that point, I can clean that up in a, within a day or two where they won't do that again. And I can use electric collar to do that. And they're still super happy you know, going. Where if somebody's a traditional type trainer that, 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 that has that problem, no one's really told me a good solution. I, I, I've heard someone say, well, you just then turn into call them in and make it a memory and send them back you know, walk out blind at that point. Now, I, I guess that would work, but you can't do that if they're in the water. Right. right. You know, you can't, you can't read, you can't walk out there or swim out there, you know. <laughs> it's kind of hard to describe, you know, I could show you and I could draw it out and show you, but it's kind of hard to describe, you know, just talking. When I'm no, talking I, I get it. I got a really clear mental picture of, of what you're talking about. Be, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm on, this is my fourth dog you know i had one yeah. like you did heck got a, a dog when yeah. i was i was a kid you know and <clears throat> didn't know what the heck we were doing and she was she ended up being phenomenal in spite of us you know yeah and yeah yeah yeah, had a, yeah, had a, yeah had another got another dog that that was young and it was just i was i was right out of college my buddy you know she went everywhere with me even went to work with me you know mm -hmm. and didn't have her long enough unfortunately she Mm. and uh but she was great again had more talent than i did experience and i i knew what i was doing so and resources yeah. resources too you know there weren't the resources yeah. available back oh then. yeah yeah and so anyway yeah no i could picture me exactly what you're talking about um you know that's my my old dog is a lot of you know i'm looking at, at working hondo trying not to make the same mistakes i made with the with the ones in the past yeah and yeah my, my old dog as you as you would say pops all the time but oh. he he's funny because 
I didn't have waterfowl when I got him. There was very, I, I lived in a place where there were no, there was no waterfowl. There might yeah. be some ducks on a stock pond someplace, but right. it wasn't, <clears throat> it wasn't like, like here. And so I killed 63 or 64 rooster pheasants over him before he was a year old. Oh. And I, I was just, and I didn't know any better. I just took him out and let him hunt. Yeah. And yeah. And yeah. he'd, he'd fetch birds, he'd find birds. And we had a phenomenal put and take program that the, that the state runs there. And they, they'd stock. Is that in Michigan? Is that no, what it was? This is Wyoming. This is Wyoming. Wyoming. Oh, okay. okay. I was in, I was in Eastern Wyoming at this point. Okay. And uh, they'd stock pheasants every Thursday afternoon on these, on all kinds of different state, state-owned oh, properties. Yeah. That nice. was great. And you want to talk about turning a lab into a pheasant dog, an upland dog. I mean, there was no better way to do it because he had so much bird exposure. Oh, and he, and he made some, yeah. yeah, and he made some ridiculous retrieves, but you want to create an unsteady Labrador as a duck <laughs> dog, teach him how to hunt upland birds, you know, because there's, uh, they, they, they just go, you know, and the bird gets up, they're yeah. on it. You know, you don't, you don't have cripples. You don't have to worry about cripples because your dog's on it. They got it cleaned up. They're bringing it back already. And I always tell my customers not to interrupt you, but no, you made no. a good point. You know, we'll, we will do we'll we'll dual train some dogs every year where they are waterfowl and up we do that we don't do it a lot but we do some every year and i always tell them you know if you can you really need to waterfowl hunt this dog before you you start up when hunting them otherwise you're going to unsteady him when he's waterfowl yeah i think if you get the waterfowl first then they see how they're supposed to act there then you can up one then when you return to waterfowl they they're back to okay you know and they may try to break a little bit yeah but, but you can correct it if you're paying you attention can correct it but yeah but you talk about turning a dog into a freaking <laughs> bird machine you know up on them just turn them on you oh know? and yeah. he yeah he to this day i mean i hunted east you know i don't do a lot of upland hunting with him now because it's pretty hard on him but yeah you know i mean pheasants sage grouse chuckers i i killed yeah. everything you you name it i had that yeah, dog. yeah it was he was a machine yeah and yeah and never you go to south dakota with him you never lose bird you know it's like yeah it's, it was crazy but yeah when he was young dog taking him to waterfall then we made the transition i moved to an area on the bighorn river yeah that was ridiculously good uh duck hunting yeah and yeah, steady. Yeah, right. What's that? You know, is that yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you get up to shoot and he's in the one, you know, he's yeah, marking yeah. the bird down, fair catching it when it gets there, you know. Yeah. But you know, yeah, didn't lose ahead. didn't lose cripples either. You know, that was one of those things where Yeah, yeah, the, no, that's that's and, uh, the, and the river's a different animal though, too, because it's you you want a dog that's steady, and I learned this the hard way with him. I need and I worked and worked and worked and worked, and he's steady now. Yeah. Um, but it took a while. And, but I saw it, he broke in a situation where it, it, it was dangerous, you know, dangerous to him, not, yeah. not that he was going to get yeah. shot or anything like that. Yeah, but yeah. We were in a spot where I needed him. I needed to be able to control him more than, than that. Ah, and uh -huh. there were spots that I just flat walk away from him. Like I'm not hunting here because I know my dog's going to break and he, I can't let him in the water right here he'll 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 he's not coming out once he gets in he's not coming out the river's gonna eat it dang and so, so you gotta have that steadiness 
and it got, took, yeah yeah it they took can a learn while. both they they can learn both uh but i think you need to err on the side of steadiness yeah yeah uh, yep. so, so so in the dive bomb squad fest this weekend i did a seminar on steadiness mm -hmm. and you know I, this one story i used was there was there was an outfitter it's a true story uh not gonna say who it was but they but they an outfitter had his own dog and the dog broke one time and the and, and then the, the customers are like you know and he knocked over some guns so they said oh Ooh. man can you can you watch him he goes yeah i'll do it well he did it again he ran down the inside of the a-frame and knocked over guns and the dog was shot and he lived and nobody else was shot, but Whoa. that's just, that's the story I used at the, at the, uh, you know, the seminar. And I was like, you know, it's kind of like, I, I, I would venture to say that, you know, in, 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 in the real world, uh, a large, a big percentage of the dogs break and people just let them. And I think it's from poor training. I think it's from laziness on the 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 handler's part for not right. making sure that if you do have a breaking dog, at least put a stake in the ground and hook, and hook him up for his safety and for the other safety. You know, uh, of course, it's the best thing to do is to train him right and then reinforce it. But yeah. at the same time, it's it's and especially with the guide, it's not easy to do when you you're trying to take care of these ten guys here and your dogs running around. Well, just go ahead and stake him. You know, stake him yeah. out and everybody's good and you don't have to worry about breaking dog. But anyway, we're just kind of rattling right now on, 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 no, on breaking no, dog. I, I think this should be a way of life. I think steadiness should be yeah. a way of life with a with a with a with a retriever. I no, I agree. I agree completely, hundred percent. So I got I wanted to ask another question about why why British dogs? And what? Okay, yeah, no. So that's a great question. Um, and I, uh, you know, for, for most, well, for most of my life, I had American dogs. And I love them, and I still love them. And we trained a bunch of them. Love them, love them. Um, when I started looking at everything, I wanted to be able to have a product that didn't whine. Uh, and that was had drive and were really good family dogs. Mm -hmm. So not that you don't have that with Americans. You do. I adore those dogs. But on the, the what I wanted in my mind's eye was something that, uh, it, well, for instance, let me, let me say that you know, we've talked to thousands of people around the country through the years. And one of the, one of the things people call me we talk is that they, they they don't want their dog fidgeting they don't want their dog whining in the blind um and they want a dog with an off switch so you know from from hondo he's probably got an off switch so you can have both you can have a dog with uh, as much drive as you need uh, particularly for hunting uh hunt tests you know, those same dogs are not going to be field trial dogs and they're probably not going to be running, you know, SRS trials or something, but, right. but they're, right. they're really solid hunters and they're really good family dogs. So 
that's what I wanted to focus on. I'm not saying they're better. They're certainly not. Uh, and I'm not saying they're worse. I mean, there's good and bad with everything. The British dogs on, on the, on the pros, I think they make really nice hunters and we bred ours. Their ours are pretty hot. They're they're They go and they can take correction. Uh, I think on the cons, uh, a lot of them can be soft, particularly the females, which makes it insensitive. So it makes it makes them hard to train. Right. Like we've got one right now. You came from another kennel, which doesn't mean anything because we have some from Mars too that, that you know we have problems with. But came from another kennel, and if you if you you know if she's switching bumpers, for instance, you say no, she's done. She is done. She won't pick up another bumper. She's done. Now that's, un that's really unusual. That's really unusual, but I've bred away from that. But mine, right. you can, mine, you can correct. Uh, and they bounce right back and they're happy and they're fast. I mean, they're fast and they're real that's, stylish. That's one of the things about Hondo is he's, he's a rocket, man. He is tons of drive, super fast. Um, Mackinac, Mackinac's a he's a British dog too. I got I got him from Double T British Kennels when yeah 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 when, Hay, when Haynes owned it and yeah, he's, right. he's actually a teddy pup and yeah 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 yep and a lot like his dad. I mean he's a black he's a black version of his dad. Yeah and yeah soft still has lots of go lots of drive but yeah wild like tempers it with with intelligence yeah and um and always has like does things he'll look at a situation i had him went down to yeah. clean out clean out blinds two years ago clean out the lease blinds and i look across the river and there's a bumper floating in the water on the other side of the river it's just in a little back end you know it's i don't it's not mine but somebody upstream lost the bumper so i, I line him mackinac hits the water he gets about three quarters of the way to it and he sees it i'm like perfect he goes right to it he goes to pick it up and he pulling on it well the cord is wrapped around oh. something oh. like root wad and i'm like come on buddy get it fetch it up fetch it up and all of a sudden i see him set it down and i'm i can tell what he, he's gonna do something and i don't know what he's gonna do and he switches his grip on it and starts i can see he chewed, he chewed the cord off the bumper no way. and brought me the bumper. That's smart. <laughs> and I'm like, that's oh. smart. And he's done stuff like that. Uh, had a goose last year, died on an ice shelf. Again, he's not a fan of ice. But he takes a straight line, yeah, as straight as he can in the current, gets to yeah, the yeah, ice yeah. shelf, you know, and he's trying to yeah. pull himself up, pull himself yeah, up. Yeah. You know, three yeah. years ago, he'd have been able to do that, but now he's yeah. not strong enough to do it anymore. He stops. Yeah. Looks down river, drops back in the water, swims down to the end of the ice shelf, gets out on the ice shelf, trots up, gets the goose, That's jumps smart. in, and brings it yeah. to me. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff that he does. Yeah. Yeah. I think Hondo yeah. will probably end up there too, but yeah. just differences in personalities. Hot Max a little yeah. bit more laid back, a little bit softer, but he's smart. Yeah. So, you know, Going back to the differences between uh, the British dogs and the American field yeah. bred dogs, and I don't—I like what you said, Marty. I, yeah. I, we're not running down American dogs because I—I I know I love them. 
no, we train bunch a bunch of them that are, that are awesome dogs. Awesome dogs. No, they're they're incredible. I, I don't. I, 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 we train them all the time. I love them. I, I do. I, I love them. But the breeding program I set up was because I was trying to create something that's probably uh, a little more statistically even kill for a family dog. Mm-hmm. Which not to say that they don't make credible family dogs. It's just it, um, uh, you know, because because Americans do too. I mean, like I said, my first one, you know, was and and uh, and for years I had them. I, I don't have anything against them. I love them, yeah, and I yeah. think they are definitely have the advantage uh, in some arenas for sure. You know, I mean, you don't, you know, I think in the. Uh, Certainly in the field trial world, it's certainly in the hunt test world, they probably have advantages. I, I think that there's not enough British dogs have been running hunt tests yet, but they're, they're, we're, we're seeing it more and more. I think they make exceedingly good hunt test dogs, but, but they're not built for the type of pressure that a lot of trainers that run these trials and tests are, are used to using. And so they don't particularly like them. And, 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 and like we talked about, the females can be soft. Right. And right, they, right. you have to think your way through training them. I think a lot of guys have a set system that they use. Uh, it's, com, you know, it's compulsion, it's force. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. But some of them get pretty, pretty darn forceful. And the British dogs aren't made for that. They're just not. I mean, well, it, they are if it's balanced. But if you if you're just cranking on them, a lot of them just they don't perform as well for what the way those guys train. Now it's not to say that in another hands that that dog couldn't just be great. You know, it's it's just it's a balancing act. Now there's another one more thing I want to say about that. There's something called an English lab. Okay, now an English lab is a show dog. So it's yep. what Americans call show dogs. And so, unfortunately, we get, I shouldn't say unfortunately, but we get lumped into that. The British get lumped into that. And so a lot of people don't know the difference between them, you know. So they're assuming that a British lab is a stocky, shorter, wider, got the otter tail and a bigger head. Uh, and that's not it. That's what the Americans call English. So uh the, the 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 british filbred dog and if you if you look back to the original labradors just look back black and white pictures they look like the modern british lab looks like that yep. and they also look a lot more like american filbred dogs than the what we call english dogs yeah yeah okay it's not to say that some english dogs don't make good hunters because they do uh you know but the locomotion of how they move is different. Uh, they, they don't tend to be as fast. Uh, and it's just not in stylish. It's just, it's not what I want personally. Uh, you know, if I didn't have British labs, you know, in my breeding program, I'd have American cause I mean, I love them. Uh, right, right. but anyway, it's a balancing act. I don't, I don't, I don't look down my nose. You know, I have preferences for colors, but I won't talk about that. And then I have preferences for, I have preferences for other breeds, you know. Uh, we train a lot of all, all, all different breeds. You know, my favorite's the lab. I mean, there's a reason why they're popular. 
and they, it's the reason because they're the most consistent. I mean, hands down, and, and not to say that you can't get some outstanding, outstanding dogs from other breeds for waterfowl because you can't. Right. Uh, I just think that you know, my experience through the years has just been, and we've trained everything. You know, I just think Labradors are consistent, and then it's kind of funny. And I'm not going to name breeds, but we have a funny saying here in the kennel, and that is somebody will bring us a dog, right? And I'm not going to say what it is. And the first thing they say, I'll say, why'd you get so-and-so? And they'll say, well, I wanted something different. So that's sort of a joke here because they'll well, leave, you know, everybody, and then the, the staff will walk in and say, well, I guess he wanted something different. <laughs> well, and a lot of times, you know, uh, a handful of months later, you know, they're like, you know, I, I think I probably should have got a lab, which I know that sounds snobby, but uh, I just have, we've trained so many dogs. I just see the difference in the consistency. Uh, but I don't know. You may want to edit that out. <laughs> no, I, no, I, I don't, I don't, I, there's nothing wrong with what you said at all. Um, I, I've got friends that, you know, like, what do you, what do you see in those Labradors, you know? And, and they have other breeds of dogs that I'm like, why would you have one of those? And right, right. I'm with you. I, I, like, I like the consistency. I, I like the temperament, you know, and not that, not that other dogs can't be great. The German shepherd I had was phenomenal and he oh, actually, yeah. and he would actually retrieve birds, believe it or not, you know? I, and, yeah, no, I, I, I believe you. And I, I've, I've got a guy I know in Idaho that's got his, his have picked up thousands and he's got oh yeah german shepherds yeah that but, between uh, fetching birds and killing coyotes that was kind of his thing oh cool <laughs> oh he was he was death on coyotes so did, 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 did was did, was he like a coyote dog he'd go out there and chase him and get him to come back no he'd kill him he would go <laughs> out there and grab him right by the middle of the back and snap him like a rag doll he was okay. 131 pounds how can he catch a coyote he's fast he's like a wolf Dang. And, and, it's, and so the German Shepherds, I kind of learned this too. You know, the difference, you talk about the English labs versus their, those, yep. their show dogs. And you see the, the field bred shepherds or service bred shepherds versus show yep. shepherds. Those show yeah, shepherds yeah. have that slope to them. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. That's, that's a show dog. Same thing. And the field bred. Same thing. That little back there. Yeah. Yep. They are flat they, across they the can't, back. They can't they look, move. They can't well. move. Like, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... <clears throat> The, the field bred shepherds are a sight to behold. I mean, they are fast. They're like a wolf. That, that's the closest thing I can compare them to. They're fast. That's very cool. They're, they're an amazing animal. They really are. He was an awesome dog. He was an awesome dog. And You know, I, I really admire uh, Malinois and Dutch shepherds. And, and I, But I was <laughs> totally in my bed. I said, you know, I think I'm going to get one and make and make youtube videos you know i think it'd be fun because that's what you know a lot of trainers they they'll get them a border collie or uh, right right or, or malinois they look like they look like einstein's uh but he said he looked at me he said uh he goes yeah you don't really want to do that i said why he goes well they, they just they might bite you just for fun and i said what do you mean he goes they bite for fun he goes like yeah. you'll be you'll be standing there next to them and the puppy will just reach over and just bite the crap out of you just for fun a, because that's what they're bred to do. Yep. Oh man, man. Yeah, I, I've got some stories about my shepherd doing very, 
potentially dangerous things to um yeah and, and I, I look back at this and i'm like i didn't teach you to do this i didn't i didn't encourage this behavior i didn't teach you this behavior where did you get this just bred into them just absolutely bred into them and you got to be careful with that stuff i think you know from what i understand about german shepherds and i don't know a lot but i think uh i think breeding in this country has done done a lot to take out what it was a, a really magnificent animal right right and not that they're still out there they are but you have to be careful yeah. uh it, it, just like any other breed um but like we were talking about you know the the the, the build of the show shepherds and stuff you know I, I mean they don't move as well and uh from what i understand from protective dog uh trainers they they, they can be uh their temperaments can be kind of um uh quirky you know but but at the same time you can't stereotype all drummer shepherds in that any more than you can with lab of course you know you have it's just bloodlines matter genetics matter and what are they breeding for you know and that's what you 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 write down a list of what you want and you go try to find it you know yeah yeah um let's talk about hunting we, we've been talking about dogs the whole the whole time and yeah. i know you're a hunter i know you love to hunt ducks so what what is your fall coming up look like uh well so we're going to canada in september uh early september this year we're going to northern alberta like the 6th 7th and 8th 9th okay. of september had been up there we're going to a new area uh um, Brendan's got a new area he's really excited about. Cool. And so that's there. And then our season really doesn't kick off, you know, till late right. November. Right. It's the same here. Yeah. Our ours opens early. Yeah. But there's no birds to speak of until Thanksgiving or around yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Oh, really? Even yeah. It's, there, well, it depends on the weather. You know, if you get a really yeah. cold, nasty, if if Canada and Montana freeze which is pretty rare for camp for Montana. But if you get it really, we get really cold weather. We'll have birds at Thanksgiving. Yeah. But, yeah. But December, January, and that's when we really, that's when we really get birds. You just get that cold snap. Yeah. But So, yeah. So then we'll, you know, I hunt primarily in Arkansas and I've got a, a group of friends and I've been very fortunate uh, that I primarily hunt as a guest at a, at a a really magnificent piece of property and uh uh been hunting over there for about 10 or 11 years and it's been it's been some of my best friends in the world are over there and it's just it's there's nothing fancy i mean this this is a duck camp right and and the thing is is you know these people could put together taj mahal if they wanted to you know easy as a clubhouse you know i mean they they could do it, but you know, this place has been in existence since the forties. And when you walk in, it looks like a waterfowl museum. You oh, walk in, see the, cool. you see the black and white photographs all over the walls. And there's a, there's a stove, you know, uh, in the middle of the room that heats the whole cabin up and in the stove, they, they rebuilt it, but that thing has been there since, 
I think the sixties, they did some rebuilding on it, but it's, I mean, it's the real deal. You walk in and there's this warm, moist air into the cabin and there's cigar smoke and, and, you know, whiskey and everyone's just, you know, yeah. happy yep. to see you. And it's yep. just a wonderful. So that's my kind of place. That's, that's the stuff yeah. I like, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's neat. And the, the guys over there are just so, so cool. It's just, everyone has a common love, you know, and a commonality and it's just a little slice of heaven, but having said all that, um, uh, Mississippi Delta, we hunt it as well. Uh, not as often. I mean, I love Arkansas because I like to hunt woods. So, uh, but Mississippi Delta hunt it as well. I think this year I'll be hunting a few places. Uh, we've had, I've had some incredible uh, goose hunts this year, this past year. Uh, it's crazy. I mean, I only hunted three geese uh, three or four times uh, in the regular season. You know, twice in the snow goose season, and then once in the regular season, and uh, very blessed. Had had phenomenal. It's just phenomenal. I mean, I I'll never have that again. Uh, uh, three three hunts in a row like that. It's just incredible. So, um, so yeah, we typically uh, I usually, and then I'm gonna go to Oklahoma for a week with Brennan. So so we'll do uh, um, Canada. And then we'll mostly hunt in Arkansas, or I, I shouldn't say we, but we mostly hunt in Arkansas, and then we'll hunt some in the Delta, and then we'll go to Oklahoma. Uh, so that's a, that's a full fall. Well, if you get a free week and you want to come out Wyoming, give me a holler. <laughs> Man, I, hey, I, yeah, no kidding. I mean, yeah, I've, no, I've I, heard up to, yeah. Oh, I always invite folks. You know, some some folks make it happen, and and like Ramsey Russell last year, I had invited him on the podcast he came on we chatted had a good conversation had a good time and and then lo and behold he's like hey i'm gonna be out that way you might have stop in and i said well, yeah, I, I, I listened i, I listened I to that you. podcast uh oh i listened to his podcast i enjoyed that yeah he's yeah. he's we had a really good time and and it was funny because yeah. he came he came early for us middle of september or middle of november and i'm like I don't even know if we have any birds and for two guys, for two guns, it was perfect. We had just the right number of birds and it, and it worked out just right. But well, yeah, man, I he, couldn't have, I, he's hunting like what, 200, over 200 days a year. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. You know, he just got home from, he just texted me the other day, he just got home from uh, Argentina and Uruguay and all this. He just globe trots and, fascinating guy man the stories the things, again, kind, the kind of like dale yeah. yeah i don't know yeah and then i listened to kevin Van- i mean i had to I had five hours to drive, so <laughs> listen to kbd i really enjoyed that you know it's interesting he's an outdoorsman you know you think of him as, as a, just a fisherman you know the, the best fisherman in the country probably but right but uh yeah just listen to how they got their land going up in michigan and uh yeah, that was a fun one because it was one of those deals where it was like, well, you should, you should, one of the other guests said, you should, I just talk to Kevin Van Dam. He'd come on the podcast. And I'm thinking, yeah, right. You know, there's no way yeah. I'm going to get KVD on the podcast. Sure enough. <laughs> I was like, holy smokes. I know. I know. I know. And I was listening to him and I was thinking, his mind 
when it comes to bass, it's just like, it's like you're watching the Tiger Woods or you're talking to the Tiger Woods of bass fish. You know, yeah. the guy's just, I mean, he can, he's so, I mean, I, you know, I'm just a bank fisherman. I, I mean, I, I like to get a boat and I like to, I, I like to like hit targets on the bank. You know, I fly fishing, I'm looking for stumps, you know, or, or spin fishing. I'm not, I've, I've not evolved into the modern day bass fisherman. No. I'm a farm no. pond guy. No, but I'm, I'm a fly fish. I'm a fly fisherman too. It's the same deal. That's the other thing. You want to come out this summer? Come on out. I'll take you fly fishing. <laughs> well, now, hey, you might just show. I mean, you see yeah, what's I mean, you see what's parked over. I my saw it. Right yeah, I see your life. Yeah, <laughs> that's a yeah. loader. That was I gave that. I loaned that out to one of the guys here in the office. But oh goodness, I'm yeah. going to uh, going to Wisconsin next month to nice. uh, to the Menominee. Nice. You go smallmouth fishing. Yep. Yeah, Menominee's a great fishery. Yeah, yeah. I, did that last year. Oh. Uh, with tight Wait, who lines. are you going with tight lines god service okay. uh tim tim and those guys okay okay and uh went last year and boy i mean you're drifting in a drift boat you feel like you're in montana and you're fishing with top water in these small mouth and you're catching small mouth and in current drifting like you were trout you know it was it's great great time going back uh, so I'm really excited about that. But oh, that's cool. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I well, I, I really appreciate ahead. your time, Marty. Well, we've been going on almost well over well over an hour now, which is cool. Yeah, I like I like that. And I'd love to have you back on maybe after fall. We talk about hunts and some yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Have yeah. some experiences. But I gotta I try to close out the podcast with one question, and you listen to it some, so you know what's coming. Um, if you can only hunt one bird one way, what's it going to be? <laughs> it's going to be mallards and timber, man. Yeah, everybody, everybody, all you southern boys say the same thing. <laughs> oh, man, there's there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. Nothing like it. If I could, if I could never hunt another bird but a greenhead mallard standing in the woods, that's 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 fine. If, in fact, when I die, I hope I have a heart attack at 80-something years old standing next to a tree. That'd be just fine with me. You know, if I could have a dog and a duck call, and I don't care if I'm even call, I, mean, I don't even care if I shoot. I just want to be there. So awesome. I don't. I know that's a lot to say, but that's just how I feel about it. So no, I I feel strongly about some of the same things myself. Uh, it's yeah. it's always it's always interesting, you know, what, what people say. Like I said, I and I and I'm joking. I'm giving you a little bit of grief about that, but no, the, this, huh? and if you're from the south that's your that's nine times out of ten that's the answer i get mallards in the timber and i think it's a real it's a real intimate type of duck hunting that is very of, intimate yeah the rest of us in the country if you haven't experienced excuse me if you haven't experienced it you don't get it you know because it, it, intimacy that intimate it's intimate and you can't really describe it you just can't you just have to experience it you know it, and when those birds when they break through those trees and they're hitting branches and they're landing around you and you're getting splashed. If it's just, it's surreal. It really I is. It. I mean, I it's, it. it's surreal, but, but having said that, I love all. I mean, oh, I, yeah. I love, oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's all great. You know? So yeah, no anyhow. doubt. Well, thank you, sir. I really appreciate your time and I'm going to stop recording. Hey, thanks, man.